Hello and welcome to the 100th edition of Downtime Podcast. Alisa, how's it going? We made it. We made it, fam. We're at 100. We are at 100. Triple digits. We didn't think we could do it, but we did. We did. We're here. And we have a lot to talk about. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um. All right, let's just get into it. There's a lot to talk about. Okay, so um, on my side... I got Mortal Kombat, and I have not been doing too much except for the single-player story, so I don't have much to talk about, except for the fact that, wow, when just when you thought that a fighting game story could get ridiculous, Mortal Kombat took it to the next level. Yeah, I've been hearing a lot of people who bought the game saying that it's crazy right now, like there's a lot of things happening and yeah. it's it's like it's not it's either going in a direction they didn't expect or it's like not really something that they like i don't know it depends on the person but i've heard a lot of conflicting views on the uh on the story so far but what do, what is your take all right so i'm not so like obviously like I, I like i haven't been playing too much but okay so this is where so there's a lot of okay there's a lot of time traveling elements to this storyline and it's time traveling almost as if it's going through every single game that's ever existed with Mortal Kombat. And you can say that it's gone a little bit on the deep end, but my thing is, is since when did we take fighting video game stories so seriously? We stopped taking those, we stopped taking those stories seriously since 2000 and i'd say that about 2004 or 5 we still had pretty pretty okay like pretty non ridiculous storylines but we were we've we've passed that like for example in tekken 7 how is heiachi not dead right now after all these years and after all and like being strapped to a rocket in one of the tekken games and he was still alive by 7 so it, it you know it's just it's just one of those things where we've surpassed the point in time in the video game history where fighting games made sense. So I I'm totally for the I'm totally for the time travel. I'm 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 cool. I'm cool with it. Cool. I I've heard nothing about the story other than that people are swayed in one direction or the other, but you mentioned time travel, so that's kind of interesting that they're adding that concept to it i mean i don't i don't know anything about the story of the overall story of mortal Kombat. so is this is time travel a new thing to the series or is it something that's always kind of been there well i think the biggest thing is that in every video game in every fighting video game there's always a boss for every game um like the ultimate final boss and this final boss chronica chronica Kronika, oh man, I don't remember how to say your name, but she she is a boss that does time travel and alters time. So that's the biggest reason why this storyline has it. It's never done this before in the history of Mortal Kombat. It's just oh, the wow. fact it's relevant to what this final boss is. I see. Yeah. That's pretty but- cool. Yeah, to be honest, I'm I'm fine with it. I mean, fuck it. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a video game at the end of the day, and yeah, you know, and you also could, you exactly. And I I don't play Mortal Kombat for the storyline, though the storyline is pretty crazy and hilarious. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, most I mean there are people who do play it for the storyline, which is cool, but. I don't really think that's always been the main focus of a fighting game. Yes, exactly. That being said, um, just with the fighting controls, uh, this might not be one of my favorite Mortal Kombat's in terms of actual fighting. I feel like it's a. I feel like I'm a little bit lagged. I, I haven't even been playing online or anything, but I. It's like as if the movement is a little bit slower, but maybe it's just something I have to get used to. So. Currently, uh, it, the the movement's fine. It felt it feels a lot different now than it did in the demo. But I'm still very satisfied with it so far. I'll give more feedback soon. And I know that people have been talking about the customization and how they hate the customization. But I haven't like um. Uh, that's usually not my for the first thing that I ever do when I go to a, a fighting game. So you're all gonna find out about it way later for me. <laughs> Mm, okay. Yeah. Uh, but apparently the customization is limited, I heard. And I don't know the degree to how it is because I haven't checked it out myself. But, yeah. My review is that I it's a great game so far. And I'm very much enjoying it in for just, like, a single-player experience. Um, I don't know if I would have paid my full price for it. But it's too late to go back now. So... And I got some random DLC characters with my pre-order, so that's okay. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I would not pay the full price for it right now. Is but it's a great but it's a great game. I think it's worth forty dollars. Yeah. Like that 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 would be a solid price for in my opinion that you should buy it for. And I see. Yep. And that's all I got to say about Mortal Kombat 11. But as as a fighting game, the mechanics and everything, I don't know, does it feel better than the previous Mortal Kombat's? Do you like it overall as a fighting game? Would you would you recommend this to anyone who's looking to buy it who has never played a Mortal Kombat game before? Oh yeah, this is this is definitely going to be a great Mortal Kombat. Although, if you want a much more simple story, like a non-time travel story and in terms of controls, um so for one, going into Mortal Kombat 10 is obviously not a, a crazier story. But what Mortal Kombat 11 does for newcomers is it gives you a, a pretty comprehensive tutorial. And just showing you the ropes of the game. I would say that Mortal Kombat 11 does the best in teaching you how to play the game. Very cool. For a person who probably has never experienced a fighter before. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, you know, like someone like myself, I don't play too many fighting games. Yeah. The only, yeah you know, I, I don't know how to use a stick properly. I When it comes to playing... I I would say like higher tier fighting games I just button mash, um and you know the the closest <laughs> thing I have to a fighting game right now is Super Smash Brothers so I'm like yeah it's it's cool but 
you know, it's it's always nice to have someone hold your hand while you're playing the game. Exactly. It gives you tutorials on certain sections and then obviously the different movements and you can always in practice and um yeah, it it even teaches you how to block in the game and I think that with the tutorials it's almost a it's almost a mission in itself to complete it so i think that if you're a new player or newcomer to fighting games you're going to really enjoy the thoroughness of the tutorial in teaching you how to play mortal Kombat. oh nice that's awesome yeah. yes so i would say aside from the storyline and then also the thing is is that this game Ha like if you want a lot of the older characters that they'll come eventually as DLC. If you want kind of the older characters um and you kind of don't care about a tutorial, then Mortal Kombat 10 I would suggest, but if you want to uh, do something different and you want to play a fighting game for the first time and challenge yourself, I would go with 11. I would not pay $40 for it though. I'm sorry, I would not pay $60 for it. I would wait for a price drop, in my opinion. But it's still a great game. Okay, cool. Thanks yep. Thanks for the thanks for the advice. I mean, yes. I don't know if I'll ever buy the game, but it is good to know that whoever's listening, if you're interested, it, you know, at least his at least his hot take on it is definitely something yes. to uh to uh take away from this. Definitely. Cool. So is is it just Mortal Kombat 11 or what else are you playing? Uh, that's the only thing that I've been playing for this past week. But really random question. Have you ever heard of the song Old Town Road? <laughs> oh, boy. Am I am I uh, very up to date with everything that's been happening in that song? I think it's just really interesting about how the music world is taking the song and how people are reacting to it. It's. Yeah, I, I know I know a bit about the story and all that. Yeah, it's crazy. Shout out to Lil Nas X and Billy Ray Cyrus for putting yeah, it out there. I mean, for real. Like I, I was kinda looking at Lil Nas X other stuff. Like it's pretty like standard trap stuff, but honestly, if he like takes the the like trap western moniker and just keeps going with it, I think he can do some pretty cool stuff with it because there isn't any like specific trap like country artists right now you know i hate like, trap and this song's wonderful let the record i know go. yeah see so like the the song is so simple it's like it's really simply composed like the music's are easy the, the lyrics are easy to understand and i i think it's a really good song overall i think it's a really really good song and billy ray cyrus really added on to it when he did oh his... it's so it's so nice it yeah man, it, i love the memes that go listens to old town road once and everyone's just dressed up in polos and cowboy hats and cowboy boots and on a horse. Yeah. That's how I feel great. sometimes. That's how I feel I want to do when I listen to the song. No, absolutely, yeah. And I, that, I have been yeah. following Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh no, no, go first. I was just I was just gonna say that I, I followed uh Lil Nas X on Instagram for a little bit and hey. he, he's been posting like pictures of himself riding horses and like going horseback riding with Billy Ray Cyrus. And he's got like 
Because there's a lyric where he says, I got Wrangler on my booty. And then, like, Wrangler sent him jeans and a jean jacket. And I was like, wow. Like, that that's really good product placement right there. <laughs> and, uh... Yeah, no, it's it's been it's been really cool seeing this this uh, young kid blow up from the, just this one song and get all this recognition for, you know, kind of defining something that's been like I wouldn't say undefined because other artists have done this genre too, but like kind of spearheading a new wave of trap country. Exactly. But yeah, have, I'm all for this. Ne- I know. Now my next question is. Have you seen the music video for Old Town Road? The Red Dead Redemption 2 one? Yes. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. It's Red Dead Redemption 2 with the Old Town Road song. I was like, I wow, this is the official video. <laughs> I watched the video for the very first time yesterday, and I did not oh. <laughs> know that the music video was just Lil Nas X streaming his gameplay of Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's like the easiest way to do it. <laughs> yeah. Like straight up I, the video the music video starts and I'm like, "Oh, is that Arthur?" That is Arthur. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, "Huh, this is uh this is a video game that I play and this I know. is the, this is the song that's popular now." <laughs> exactly. But yeah, shout it's... out to Lil Nas X being a gamer. Yeah. Game recognized no. game. That's cool. Yeah, shout out to him because he, he's doing some cool things. And I hope that he continues on with doing like Trap Country stuff. I know that it's not going to be the only thing he does, but I do hope that he continues making more songs like this because it's good. You know, like you shouldn't have your Gangnam Style one hit wonder. You should just keep going and, uh, you know, keep going with the moniker because it's good. It's cool. You know, it's unique. It'll make you stand out more if you're like, oh, you're the country guy. You're the country trap guy instead of, oh, you're just the old town road guy. Like everyone knows Mm -hmm. you as the old town road guy, which is cool. Like right now is when it's hot, but once the embers flame out, then you're like, okay, what's next? You know, you got to put more wood to make more fire. So let's see some more. Let's go. Let's go see some more. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a great song. If you, if you haven't heard Old Town Road, listen to the remix with Billy Ray Cyrus because it's pretty badass. I know. So yeah, um, on my end, uh, I'm kind of taking a break from Sekiro, mainly because my work life and personal life are just kind of getting in the way uh, of my my video game life. Um, yeah, I'm totally. Still, I'm still in the part with Josie the Drunkard as I am before. Um, it's it's also because when when I'm when I don't have a lot of time during the week, I want to play something that in just like in short bursts that I can that I know I can pause and just like go back to whenever I want and not have to progress so far and then die and then do all of it over again because that's that's how Sekiro works. So yeah. I've been yeah and and it's difficult, you know, and I get frustrated easily by things like that. So I've been putting that on hold for now. Um once the summer kicks off, I think I'm going to start going back into it like shortly before Judgment comes out. Um so 
in the meantime, I've been kind of switching between a couple different games. I've been playing Mario Kart 8. I've actually been trying to get the gold wheels because I have there's like a set of three things you can get in Mario Kart 8, which are like the which is the gold kart frame, the uh, the gold glider, both of which I have already, and then there's the gold wheels that I need to get by beating all of the Nintendo employee ghost data. Basically, oh, time trials. I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, I have to beat all the ghosts and uh, from every map. So there's 48 maps, and I'm like, okay, this is going to take some time, and I want to complete the set. So once I complete this, I'll, I've 100%ed all of Mario Kart 8. Um, hey. Yeah, so I can check it off my list, which is great. Um, not that I was trying to, because like I kind of see Mario Party... Oh, I'm sorry, Mario Kart 8 as more of like a, uh, you know, just like a regular like fun party game as opposed to something that needs to be completed. But, you know, there's always that option. So, uh, yeah. So I've been playing Mario Kart 8. I've also been playing um, a game called Mountain Blade Warband. I don't know um, what that one is. I kind of talked about it before in, in a, a, a podcast, like, way back when. Uh, Mountain Blade is basically a an indie series by this, like, I think, Turkish game studio. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, it's, like, in the medieval times and everyone's, like, like different knights and, like, different factions of different countries. and. Uh, oh, wait. Warband. Yeah, Warband, Warband. You talked um, about Warband before. Yes, yeah, and I've also talked about its counterpart, Mountain Blade, Mount and Blade with Fire and Sword, which is like the game with guns, basically. It's like yeah. Warband with guns. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, so I've been playing those. Um, and for for Warband, it's right now it's kind of interesting so with warband you can download mods that are reskins of the whole game and they basically take the whole game and they make it into like a different setting so for example there's a star wars mod that adds like basically the whole galaxy of star wars into okay that's pretty legit yeah and it's like one for one like recreation of it and you can you could be a jedi you could be a stormtrooper um you could be like a myriad of different like people and creatures which is awesome there's also i'm exploring different ones and so there's also like a uh uh a game of thrones one called the clash of kings there's two right now there's two different mods for it that are being made by different teams so there's one called the clash of kings which has been out for a long time now and it's kind of it's kind of based on the show but also based on the books as well and there's another one called a song of ice and fire which um like game of thrones yeah pretty much um and uh i haven't played that one yet but it's on my list I see. um yeah, and so I've I've started the Game of Thrones one this week just to like check it out because you know what Game of Thrones is a hot topic right now, and um, I'm I've sure also it is. yeah 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 and I've uh, I've been checking out the the Star Wars one I downloaded that one this week, um, but way back when in the year of two thousand and fifteen or is it fourteen it was two thousand fourteen um, the summer of two thousand fourteen. No, it was the summer of 2013. Yeah, the summer of 2013, I uh, I had this game, and I, I found a mod for it called Gekokujo, and it's a mod that basically makes the whole map into Japan, and uh, you, you can become a samurai or like a merchant or whatever. So it's a reskin of the whole game, but in Japan, and so you, it's up to you to do whatever you want in the game. And okay. my... my my goal, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but my goal from the beginning was to take over all of Japan. And so 
um i booted up that mod this week because i haven't touched in years and i was like holy shit like i basically i have an empire and the capital is tokyo so this takes place during like the the warring states period in japan so the 1600s 1500s yeah and it and it's uh um i'm i'm uh my my capital is edo which is now tokyo uh very appropriate (laughs) and so i've been like killing off like historical figures in japanese history and like you know like rewriting history in a way which is kind of cool and like taking over like a lot of japan the mod has been updated a lot since i first started it because i have like the first iteration of the mod but the saves don't cross over so i have to use this version of the mod to play it which kind of sucks because i don't get to play any of the new features but Mm -hmm. um I mean, my goal is still to take over all of Japan. So I'm like a quarter of the way. Yeah, I'm like a quarter of the way there. I've taken over like like half of Honshu. So I still have another half to go. And right now I'm not really at war with anyone. So it's kind of nice to be at peace. But of course, in order to take over other people and other like cities and towns, you have to be at war with them. Otherwise, yeah. you know, what's, the, what's the point? <laughs> so yeah, there's a, little bit, there's a little bit of strategy to mount and blade, but there's also a lot of like third person slash first person action. So uh, with the Gekokujo mod, it's a lot of bows and arrows, swords, there's a, the occasional musket. But then there's another mod that I also downloaded years ago called uh, 1860s Old America. And it's taking place during the civil war time period oh that would be interesting so the yeah, north and, versus the south yep yep so i've been i've also been playing that one for a couple years now and uh so i joined the union army and of course you're fighting the south and this uh this past weekend i actually we defeated all the south like abraham lincoln and i strolled up to jefferson davis's last remaining like town and just like decimated 215 <laughs> southern troops it's crazy. So again, uh, going back to the what I was trying to say before, like Gekokujo deals with swords, bows, and arrows, and muskets, whereas this 1860s Old America mod is like just guns. Like it's there's there's swords there too, like you know sabers that people like cavalrymen use, but there's just guns, and the guns like will kill you in one hit. Whereas the swords they kind of take a while, but the guns they can like of course like a real gun they'll kill you in one hit so yeah there's a there's a lot more at stake when you're fighting on the battlefield because you could get hit by a stray bullet and I, that's happened to me so many times where i just get i'm running down the battlefield like in the middle of a battle and the like guns are going off people are slashing each other with swords and then i just get shot in the head i'm like damn it why did this happen oh, this ruined no. the whole battle yeah and so you have a second chance if you die in battle and then uh if you die again during that second chance then um, you get dragged around by the enemy for a couple days and you can't do anything. You just sit there and you have to wait like a, a couple minutes. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot of higher risk with the 1860s mod. Um, since I joined a faction, I can't really take over a lot of places under my name. Uh, I I have to listen to what Abraham Lincoln says, basically. And so it, it, oh, after that makes the sense. Sa- you don't yeah, have yeah. control. You're not really exactly a, like a general or anything. Uh, I mean, you're you're. I'm a general technically, but I don't I don't get my own. I don't get to say what I want. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if, if there's if I took over a castle, then there's a chance that I could own it in the future. And there's a lot of benefits to owning a, like a quote unquote castle. Where, where, yeah. Where like Abraham Lincoln could say like, oh, you know, this could either go to you or it could go to someone else that he favors because he's he's known that person longer. So. Okay. 
Yeah, and so Abraham Lincoln will just be like, well, I don't want to give it to you because I want to keep my relationship with this other person stronger. And it's like, okay, but I took over this single-handedly. He's like, yeah, I don't care about that. So, <laughs> yeah, in in the 1860s Old American mod, I'm more of like a, a general serving some a higher power, where in the Gokokujo Japan mod, I am an emperor of a, of a clan, a dynasty that I'm like, I can do whatever I want to. I could say all goodbye right, to my generals right. yeah yeah there's a little bit there, so there's kind of a balance when i play the two different styles which i like um uh so with the 1860s mod one more thing to add on to that is uh it's actually just not the north and the south so the the map is like this like southeastern part of the united states with a little bit of the midwest but there's also mexico which is interesting um what did mexico because, do during the civil war or is it i don't the- you know, I don't know, but uh, the I mean, like technically, fr- with Mexico, because California was founded in 1850, which means that there was a Mexican war going on between the United States and um, Mexico along the border countries, uh, border states. Right. Yeah. No, that's absolutely true. Um, that unfortunately California is not on the map of the game, which kind of sucks. Mm. But uh, you do have like Costa Rica, kind of the middle part that connects from like Mexico to Southern America. Oh, so okay. there's a little, there's a little bit of uh, Southern America in there. Um, yeah, which is kind of cool. Uh, so you have like there. So there's different factions. Are there's the the Union, the South. There's also like quote-unquote american settlers like people that aren't part of either the north or the south they're just like we just want to you know settle out west and have a better life there's also the plains native americans uh and there's also uh the mexican faction uh so yeah there's different factions and uh, right now Hmm. right after the the (laughs) quote-unquote civil war ended in the game um the American settlers declared war on the Union and the Plains Indians who are currently at war with the American settlers declared war on the Union as well. So there's this like weird triangle where these two factions have the same enemy, but they're also at war with each other. And it's just it's frustrating because like right after we won the Civil War, it's like, ah oh, man, now we have to fight more people. So it's going to be a long campaign. And these games, honestly, it suck a lot of time out of my life. And I'm like... The whole point of me playing these was to take a break from Sekiro and not have to play these for a long time. But you should just you know, not play a strategic game. <laughs> I love strategic games. Though. I get sucked in so easily, and it's I like, know. yeah, and this is the problem. Like they're not Mario stress-free, Kart- though. <laughs> yeah, you know, like <laughs> Mario Kart Eight is my kind of stress-free, like cocaine drug video game where I could just do one bump and be like, all right, I'm good. But like <laughs> with with like with like uh. Um, Mountain Blade. It's like it's kind of like weed, where I like, or I'll like take a really long hit and be like, "All right, let's do, let's keep going," you know, like uh. let's, let's keep <laughs> let's keep going, and then yeah, and then Sekiro just gives me anxiety and stress, and I'm like, "I'm not gonna finish this." <laughs> yeah, but you pr- but you I'm still gonna finish it. it. I'm still I I want to finish Sekiro because it it definitely there's a like a, a a really strong interest that I have to it in both the setting and the style of gameplay, but you know. I say that now, but anything can anything can happen. Um, so yeah, so right now is uh, Mount and Blade, Mario Kart, and Sekiro, kind of. So that's it for me. Got it. 
Yeah. Uh, so, Alisa, did you watch the Sonic the Hedgehog live action trailer? So, my, I have a question for you. You know yeah. how, um, you know, hold on. I totally dropped my phone. Okay. My phone is no okay, everyone. Okay. <laughs> so, do you remember about two or three years ago, Nickelodeon did a reboot of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yes. Um, and I don't know if any, if you've, have you seen them? Um, I know that it exists. I just have not seen it. All right. I get Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle vibes from the Sonic the Hedgehog trailer. And I don't say that in a good way at all. So you didn't like Sonic the Hedgehog? I'm sorry. You didn't like Ninja Turtles? No, not at all. (laughs) Oh, okay. That's fair. I mean, I didn't watch the Nickelodeon show. Like it, it basically feeds off the same vibes. I see. Like, uh, oh, like meant for kids, but trying to be edgy, kind of. Yeah. Uh, I'm not about that. (laughs) Um. Yeah. No. I. I kind of feel the same way. I could see where you're coming from. And everyone at my workplace has been talking about it, too, and people are just disappointed with Sega's choice of direction, like, the characters. I don't know. Like, even after the trailer came out, I still kind of felt, like, super dissatisfied with everything. Like, I just didn't want this movie to be made at all. Like, Sonic should just stay an animated creature, an animated cartoon character, you know? And seeing Jim Carrey... As Dr. Robotnik kind of, yeah, seeing Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik kind of still didn't do it for me because he, one, he didn't have a pot belly. He wasn't fat. And two, they only showed what he really, really, really looked like at the very end of the trailer, which is probably like a post credit scene setting up for the next film in the franchise. And yes, they are actually planning to make this Sonic series into a franchise of different movies. So we might get like a glimpse at the Master Emerald. We might see a glimpse of Tails or Knuckles. But it looked like at the very last frame of the trailer, like that's the robotic I was thinking of in the movie. Like, I don't want to see an origin story. I don't care about that. I What I care about is like true to the games because they use the, the ring sound effects. Like it looks like Sonic is, you know, doing a lot of things that are similar to the games, of course, because, you know, they're, they're, the whole movie is supposed to be based off of the video games and kind of some kind of aspect um, but I'm guessing that the last, the last scene of the trailer where it shows Robotic in his full costume, um, is probably going to be at the very end of the movie at least, or, or like a, uh, a post-credit scene where it shows him on Sonic's homeworld of Mobius, um, or like on an alien planet or something. Cause there are like huge giant mushrooms behind him, which clearly looks like a green screen. Yeah. But, uh, you know, like I... I really like that uh, there was a cartoon called Sonic X that came out a couple years ago. I really like that premise of it because it was like, oh, Sonic on his home world of Mobius, which is like a, a world in outer space, found himself on Earth because of this freak accident with the Chaos Emeralds. Uh, I think that was a better premise than fucking like <laughs> this movie. <laughs> so I don't know. It just look, It just looks wrong in all different aspects. I mean, I'm not even a fan of Detective Pikachu. I think it's going to be a shitty movie. I'm I'm still going to watch it. I'm still going to watch Sonic and I'm still going to watch Detective Pikachu because they look like it's about time that like live action video game movies came out, you know, not discounting Assassin's Creed, 
but like these specific movies finally came out. Yeah, I suppose. I think. But I, yeah. Yeah, in my opinion, I don't mind Sonic the Hedgehog or Pikachu movies. I think that when I see these trailers, it just shows me that animation is such an art. And there's a reason why Sonic the Hedgehog and there's a reason why Pokemon started off as 2D style. Right. In its, yeah. in its nature. And I mean, technically, Sonic the Hedgehog was more like 8-bit, but... It. I don't know. I'm. I'm really. Not, I'm not convinced with Sonic the Hedgehog. Neither. Nor. Uh, neither am I convinced with uh, P- Detective Pikachu. Yeah. No. I. I'm still not convinced on either. Especially Sonic, but a little more so Pikachu because I feel like th- there's there's something there that that could be better. Because you know the movies haven't come out yet, so I can't really judge yet. But, um, yeah. I. I'm still skeptical because. You know, video game movies in the past haven't done so well. Not to discount these just yet, but anything's possible. So we'll see. We'll definitely see what happens when these come out. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, with that said, we're going to start a little bit of Cube Corner real quick. All right. So... Today's edition of Cube Corner is actually on the nose. We're going to be talking about Sonic Adventure DX Director's Cut on the GameCube. So for those that don't know, Sonic Adventure is actually Sonic's first foray into the 3D game world. Um, It was a game that came out in 1998, originally originally for the Sega Dreamcast, and was later ported to the GameCube in 2003, um, which is called Sonic DX Director's Cut. Uh, the reason why it's called Sonic Adventure DX Director's Cut is because they featured some updated graphics and a little bit more challenges. And yeah, Sonic Adventure was actually and probably is one of my favorite Sonic games to this day. Um, and I'll go into my other favorites later uh, in another episode because it might spoil some future episodes of CubeCast. But um, I'm sorry, uh, Cube Corner. But, uh, you know, you might... Um, you might already know what they are. Anyways, Sonic Adventure uh, is a game where you can play as a myriad of different characters, not just Sonic the Hedgehog, but his best friend Miles Tails Prower, Knuckles the Echidna, Amy Rose, Big the Cat, and E-102 Gamma, which is a robot that was programmed by Eggman that became good in the end. Um, the whole point of the game is you're trying to find these seven gems called Chaos Emeralds. And at the same time, Dr. Robotnik, Sonic's evil nemesis, is out there trying to collect them as well because he found this mystical ancient creature called Chaos that once given all seven Chaos Emeralds will bring destruction to the world. So there, Sonic and his friends learn of this prophecy and are trying to stop him in doing it. And um, it's kind of like an, uh, um, an MCU in a way where every different character that you play has their own adventure, but they come into contact with uh, another major character in the story. And it's kind of about them learning that, oh, like... I will I play a bigger part in this whole thing and I need to figure out where I am and what I and what I need to do to finish it. Um so yeah, it's kind of cool seeing all these different characters come together at the very end and uh understand that this is a big plot that they have to like destroy and it's kind of cool. Yeah, um there's different elements. There's like some racing stuff. There's a Chow Garden. Chow Garden is like a Chow is a creature that was created in the Sonic Adventure game series. And it's like this little 
like onion headed looking creature that you can take care of and feed and give it like is it a basically pet? Lo- it's a it's a pet yeah and so you it's like a, a there's different chow gardens in different levels where you can go to and check on your chows you could have many different chows and you can feed them different animals and what i mean by that is you can collect animals at the very end of each level and um when you collect the animals and you go to the chow garden all the animals just get released and you can bring the animal up to the chow and the chow will like hug it and then it'll start to show that it has the same powers as that animal so if you give it like an eagle it'll start to look like it has wings if you keep giving it more eagles it'll eventually learn how to fly a little bit um if you give it uh, a hedgehog I think it's a hedgehog or is it, if you give it a rabbit, it'll start to look more like Sonic and start to like walk and run faster. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's kind of cool that there's that aspect of it. Uh, there's an open world kind of feeling to it as well. There's like a hub world. And as the story progresses, more levels, more sections of the hub world open up and uh, you have to go to a certain part of it to start a level. It's kind of hard to explain without playing the game yourself. Um, but yeah, it's it's a great entry into the Sonic 3D franchise. It's not a perfect game by any means. There's still some glitches and flaws within the game. Some frame rate drops on certain parts of the levels. Um, sometimes you might load incorrectly, but that's really rare. Uh, for the most part, yeah, it's it's a fun game. There's there's sections with Sonic that are all about speed. Tails is all about flight. Knuckles is all about finding the Chaos Emeralds, which was actually a complaint a lot of people had. Amy's is all about like third person action, swinging with a hammer. Um, Big the Cat <laughs> is the worst one. He's all about fishing, and I really hated that mini game growing up playing the Dreamcast. And E102 Gamma is all about shooting. Basically, he's a giant shooting gallery. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, this uh, this game has a lot of uh, nostalgia with me when I think about it. I technically bought it three times: once on the once on the Dreamcast, once on Steam, and once on the GameCube. Oh, and it's on I, Steam. Yeah, the, you'd be surprised. There's quite a few Dreamcast games on Steam. Hmm. Um. Yeah. So, like, like it's predecessor crazy taxi this game was also ported to the dreamcast as i mentioned before which is why i'm talking about it on cube corner i um, see yeah and i i've completed this game many different times before in the past because it's it's a i wouldn't say an easy game to complete there are some challenging parts to it such as big the cat's fishing part if you can't fish <laughs> if you can't fish well when it gets really frustrating because there's a certain part where you're like i just need this one fish but then your hook always tags another fish you're like fuck i why am i playing this um if you get past that and once you get past that then the game is a lot better e 2 gamma is probably the easiest one where you just hold down the b button and release it and then you shoot all your bullets and you kill everything in sight um the story it's okay i'd say the story overall is is pretty standard sonic material you know sonic versus eggman that's what everyone wants also real quick this is the game where they started calling Dr. Robotnik Eggman because he looks like an egg. That's literally the only reason. So Robotnik has two ga- two names. It, he has doc- Dr. Robotnik is his you know original name, but he also has Dr. Eggman, which is his quote-unquote nickname. He eventually adopted it in future games, and people know knew him as Eggman because I think for kids, Robotnik was too hard to say as you know Sonic aged. But uh, nowadays, you know, kids are like, oh, that's Eggman because it's easy to say and easy to remember. Um, But yeah, no, this has been this edition of Cube Corner about Sonic Adventure. 
DX Director's Cut. Well, thank you, Jeremy. Yeah, no worries. I always love talking about Sonic games that I played because I like to talk about how it all went downhill. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where did it all go wrong? Well, oh. let's go look back at the past. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, okay, on to gaming news. There's quite a few things that have happened in the game world. All right. Do we want? What do we want to talk about first? Uh, well, that's a great, great question. Um, do you want to talk about the Mass Effect game? Do you know about that? The Mass Effect game. There's like a sexy Mass Effect kind of like game that that has been kickstarted, and it's raised like almost two million dollars. It's been kickstarted. Yeah. Does Bioware uh, not have anything right now? So it's not actually based off of Mass Effect. This is a game called Subverse, and it's uh, it's started by this company called FOW Interactive, and this company is known for producing adult-themed videos online featuring not just video game characters, but, like, you know... You know, animated characters. All right, Jer- let's say Jeremy, that. I'm gonna. I, ha- I gotta <laughs> right, clarify right. something. Okay. Yes. So, what you're speaking of right now is this more of a dead or alive type of game where certain assets are accentuated, but there's actually like a non-sexual point to the game, or so is this whole game sexual? Let let me. Let me clarify this. This this is the log line of this game, or at least one of them. Are we alone in the universe? What is out there? More importantly, can we bone it? Um, ah. So this this company is known for making pornographic uh-huh. material, anima- animated pornographic material, and they're emphasizing that uh, having sex with the different female characters in the game is a huge part of the game. But there's a part of it that they hired this like they hired these developers to create an actual like game around it. So there's like there's parts that kind of look like, you know, like Galaga. And there's also like ship exploration, like you're a captain of your own ship. You can like pick up different crew members. So there's a full fledged part of the game. But a huge portion of it is, of course, having sex and like really detailed sexual intercourse. And. It's crazy because this game is it, got. Is it sexual intercourse controlled by button press? I, I have no idea. I I I'm not familiar with this QTE. company. Yeah, I know that'd be really funny. <laughs> like like Resident Evil Four QTEs. Uh, yeah, I'm not really familiar with the company. I actually just found out about all of this a few days ago. Um, so it's kind of funny that uh, this this is the thing that's been kickstarted like like crazy right now. This is the thing that everyone's talking about on Kickstarter. Like this, this is basically porno game, and it's it's amazing. <laughs> now, this is my question. So, in Mass Effect, you can choose whether or not your main character is a male or a female, and what you've told me so far seems to imply that you can only bone females. But could you choose your character to be a female and bone a bunch of males? Um, you know. I wouldn't rule that out because I th- I'm pretty sure that there are male characters in this game. I I haven't looked too much into it. There needs um, to be equal opportunity sex and if there 
is no possibility of a female doing it with a bunch of males, then there is a double standard here and I am not for it and I will start a petition against this Kickstarter. Looking through the Kickstarter page, it looks like right now it's just girls because the mm. emphasis is like mm. the emphasis is like mm. waifus. It just says like, oh, bang your waifus or like, you know, the waifus of the game. I have no idea. I mean, they, there should be a part where you could be disappointed, a girl and bang some guys or be a girl and bang some girls. You know, it's all good. Um, I mean, I don't I wouldn't see a part of it. I, I would see like maybe future updates having equal opportunity. But for now, I'm pretty sure this is the this one point six million pounds that they have is probably mostly like 90 percent males. I'm disappointed there's no equal opportunity alien porn. I'm, I'm Hey, just... why don't you uh why don't you reach out to the developers and be like, yo, equal opportunity <laughs> and see what they say. <laughs> you know, that would be funny writing something to the developers. But really though, in Mass Effect, your main character can either be male or female. Yeah, and you could Yeah, Shepard Mass is Effect, the, you... Shepherd is the last name of the character, correct? Right, right. Yeah, so that's correct. You can choose whatever gender you want, which means that you should be able to choose whatever gender you want and put your hole or put your stick in anything. So, yeah. I'm very disappointed right now, Jeremy. Ah, uh, yeah, I know. I mean, I I'm definitely not going to be supporting this Kickstarter, but it's just something that's really funny that popped up and I was like, wow, of course this is like a Mass Effect with more sex. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Ma- Mass Effect is a lot more equal opportunity friendly than this game because you can you you could be a male or a female and you can fuck anything in that game you can fuck like different aliens so you know i mean we'll see we'll see how far they're gonna go they, they have some stretch goals like if you hit this if we hit this amount we're gonna do this doesn't look like there's any guys in the stretch goal section just says like additional animations they're adding different characters uh I really should but, write an angry worded email or petition for this. Maybe we, yeah, and then we'll get like one of the devs on the podcast and just like talk to them about it. <laughs> that'd be funny. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that'd be that'd be amazing. <laughs> uh but yeah, yeah, no, I just wanted to touch on this real quick because I thought it was super funny that like, you know, kind of Kickstarter gaming cuz has kind of died down in the in recent history because Kickstarter was meant to be a way for a lot of game devs to go around the big publishers and the big, the bigger AAA companies to like, you know, make a game from the community by the community. And it's, it's kind of died down in recent times for whatever reason, but now it's like, this has been the the flagship of all those, those, the, those sleepless nights, you know? So it's, it's kind of cool that, uh, the the one game to bring it all out of the darkness is this really sexual based sci fi game that's like Mass Effect. <laughs> Still no equal opportunity. No so. equal opportunity. Yep, yep. All right. So what I want to talk about is how Atlas Studio bamboozled everyone on their latest Persona reveals. Oh, yeah. There was a reveal for Persona 5R, which which was revealed to be Persona 5 The Royal. And then there was another reveal for Persona 5S. And then Persona 5S was 
only going, uh, not only going to be on Switch, but it was going to be available on Switch. And so everyone was curious, huh? I wonder what this is. This is going to be a Switch port. This is probably going to be the equivalent to what Persona 4 Golden is, the the um, handheld version of it. It's going to be something really cool. It's going to be something really exciting. And then Atlas like pulled the biggest prank on everyone. <laughs> so it turns out that Persona 5R, the Royal, is the equivalent of Persona 4 Golden, where there's going to be a new confidant, new storylines, new um, relationships, and just new, like, different things, new ending, and what, what have you. But Persona 5R is not going to be available on Switch. Persona 5S is going to be a game similar to... Dynasty Warriors. So the S stands for Scramble, Persona 5 Scramble, and it is not the original Persona 5 game in any way or modified um, like a Persona 4 Golden. It is just straight up a completely different action RPG in the style of, uh, like I said, in the style of Dynasty Warriors. And many Switch fans are very disappointed about this. And I'm kind of (laughs) shocked. Too. Yeah, a lot of people were very vocal about this when it came out, and a lot of people I talked to were like so so disappointed that this happened. They're like, "Why is this a, a Muso game? Like, why did why did you do this? You know, like look how they massacred my boy." So it's uh, it it does suck, you know, as as the for the fans of Persona out there, it does. It's a huge letdown because everyone wanted Persona Five on the Switch, and that's like literally the only thing that they wanted. Um. But what all I can say is that, like, you know, at least Koei Tecmo's working on it. I mean, yeah, I mean, at least it's not. They're the only, like, Muso game company in, in the business. So, <laughs> I mean, I mean, you, at least you, hopefully you get a quality game. I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not going to buy Persona 5 uh, S. But R, for Persona 5 R, is, is this just... Like a, is this like a uh, game of the year edition? Kind no, of? Persona Five uh, R is going to be very similar to Persona Four Golden, where there's going to be a new team party member. There's going to be a new uh, confidant, which basically means there's going to be a new potential friendship or relationship you can have in the game, and then there's going to be some added storylines and all the fun stuff in between. And then so- I'm assuming that. There's gonna there they might be do some being do ah they might do something a little bit with to the UI potentially U, UX interface but they might not either. Okay, okay. Yeah. So as someone like myself that's been planning to um, buy the game for a while now, do you recommend getting both the original Persona Five for the PS4 as well as uh, R, or should I just get R? Okay, or just so Persona 5. This is where I think we should wait for more information before that's determined. So there's going to be more info most likely that comes out because Persona 5R is going to come out in 2020. My questions include, one, if I have Persona 5 right now, is there going to just be a DLC patch that will already update the game and all I got to do is start a new game to experience what's going on? Or do I have to actually buy another $60 game 
to play this new version of it. Because if that's the latter, then I'm most likely not going to play R because that's bullshit. <laughs> I already have yeah. the game and I bought it on launch. So like, I'm not paying for another, I'm not paying $60 for 20 hours of added content to an, to a 100 hour content game. So right. I, I should expect, I I'm hoping that it's going to come in DLC. So we'll see. And then the other thing that I would want to determine and people who play persona for golden, will understand what I'm talking about. The order that this new potential party member confidant is revealed and the order of their relevance to the ending of the story will make a difference too. So Persona 5 is already a comprehensive story. And my question is, where is this character new character going to be added to that story if the new character's ending storyline is going to be added to the end so after completing the main story and then you have this to fulfill and finish then i think it's perfectly fine to buy persona 5r because then you'll play the full game and then you'll finish off the ultimate ending with the additional ch chapter that was added. But if this new character is interjected within the storyline, so like it could happen 30 hours in, 40 hours in, what have you, I would say let's wait for more information to come out. Because <laughs> right. because if this alters the original story then I would err on not purchasing R. So we just need to okay. find out. So we just need to find out where the new storyline fits and if it fits towards the end of the game, I think we're going to be okay. So this is basically sounding like a separate game altogether. Um I would not a not really a separate a separate side story. It's a separate side story. I'm okay. assuming, yeah. But it's like the same full price as the regular Persona 5. Yes. Interesting. Yeah, that's why I'm saying. That's why I'm saying, as a Persona 5 owner, that if there's no DLC, then that's bullshit. I I okay. would not buy Persona 5 R because I already have the full game. Right. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah, and then let me just double check something. I want to double check if Persona 5 is currently discounted or how much it costs right now. Yeah, it should be like on sale or something, you'd think. Yeah. See, it's now $20. So, I want—I really wonder. I just feel like there should be a benefit to people who, brought, who bought it full price. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I, I see that the benefit is more towards people who haven't bought the game before, so... There is. It, 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 that's exactly what it is. Because that's what the point... That was what Persona 4 Golden was all about. But... Oh, uh, I see. Yeah. I, I I am not going to play it if it actually costs $60 for me. But if you've never played Persona 5 before and this newly added content 
is placed in a good spot, then absolutely yes, you got to buy Persona 5R. Hmm, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm Yeah, I'm going to probably buy Persona 5 in the near future. Mhm. Uh I mean, it's got to be on sale for less than 20 in the near future, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy I stuff. Know. It's it's about time that people start playing Persona, you know? Yes. Which is and great. I love that game so much. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you, you, we've talked extensively about it before, which is yes. awesome. Uh, the final thing on my list that I want to talk about is uh, about the employees of Riot Games and how they were going to create a staff walkout due to uh, you know Riot Games saying that they were going to clean up their act when it came to multiple reports of sexism and sexual sexual abuse within the company and there were there were a lot of like really nasty things that were happening within the company that uh anonymous employees were kind of talking about and um you know giving their concern about and the company did nothing to do that so uh, this week this past monday employees at riot games are actually gonna band together and do a walkout but i don't think it happened i'm not sure i'm not really too familiar with exactly what happened on monday i only just found out about this like earlier today um but did you hear about this lisa oh yeah and um i think part of the issue too is that when different employees complain about riot games or they want to take something to court uh that they don't carry out with the case and so that's what's causing a lot of the a lot of the walkout or yeah, the walkout as well is because there's very blatant cases of what of what sexism and everything is and then um it's just not being treated or investigated. So they're going to do this. Right. And yep. And Unfortunately, um, in in terms of all the all the court cases that never made it, um, Riot Games is very rich. They they're the League of Legends company, so it would not surprise me if they had a lot of influence in just letting these court cases pass without no justice being served or without there being a trial. To be honest, ah, oh, that sucks. I know, and. The walkout is planned, I believe, in May, May 6th, and good luck to all of these employees. As we've talked about with a lot of the other video game companies that are having employee issues, um, United States isn't really protected. Uh, United States video game workers aren't protected by a union or anything, as we all know, and I all I gotta say is I do think it's a great thing that people from big companies are speaking up because eventually what's going to happen is all of these video game companies are going to have the vast majority of their employees complain and something actually has to be done. And this is pretty huge. This is like the fifth company in the past six months uh, with employees talking about 
the horrors of their management. Yeah. So all power yeah. to them. Yeah, all power, all power to you. I yes. do hope that everything turn, turns out well for them. Because exactly. it sucks. You know, it, it really sucks when you want to make a difference, but you can't because mm-hmm. the stupid powers that be won't let you. Oh, yeah. I just Ugh. hope that everything goes well and you wish everyone who works in the video game industry, who's working hard and just hasn't had their comeuppance yet, I wish all of them good luck. Yeah. Godspeed. I mean, yeah. I know I don't want this to be another Telltale Games situation, but there's, I mean, there's a lot of people that work at Riot. Don't get me wrong. I just don't want another studio to close because something was mismanaged, you know? And mm-hmm. even if it's not just financially, but just like from from the top being not being kind of like a beacon of like you know culture like good culture for the company and this this is something that just sucks you know and yes to kind of like elaborate more on this uh there's like a quote-unquote core group of people that were kind of spearheading the whole walkout thing and then uh upper management got word of it and then so they were like why don't we all just talk about this in small groups behind closed doors because they don't want to do it in the public um, and they're like, why don't you fill out this Google sheet and put in your name and we can, uh, we can talk to you guys about it. And <laughs> that's like basically turning yourself into the authorities and people did, I'm pretty sure people didn't sign that Google sheet. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, it's like, Hey, why don't you put your social security card, your address here? And, uh, yeah, your last day is tomorrow. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you don't want that to happen to you. Sucks. Yes. But, uh, you know, because they're not unionized or anything like that. They do have to fight as hard as they can for themselves. Yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, no, again, best of luck to the people at Riot that are suffering from all this. It sucks. Yeah. And car- car- I believe in karma. Karma will come to everyone who's been done wrong. Yeah. And everyone you know, who does wrong. Sometimes good things happen to bad people. Bad things happen to good people. And sometimes bad things happen to bad people, good things happen to good people, but sometimes it's not always bad things happen to bad people. And, but like maybe not at a bigger scale than we would hope, but you know, everyone will get their comeuppance no matter what. That's what I believe. So, yeah. So, my last bit of news is a surprising one that just happened. Maybe five hours ago or maybe six hours ago. Ten hours ago. It happened ten hours ago. Epic Games bought the developer Psionics, and Psionics is a developer for Rocket League. Huh, I didn't know about this. So Epic Games just acquired their studio. And to uh, potentially in a response to becoming... A more a bigger competitor to Steam and challenging that monopoly, they might bring Rocket League to Epic Game Store, and who knows if it'll even be available on Steam after that. Ugh. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> it's so fascinating to me because. If you think about it, the console game has been having exclusives and has been 
doing this whole um, free market game for a long time, since the 80s, but computer and PC gaming hasn't yet until at least the fa- the past few years. So more game launchers and more people trying to challenge Steam as a company. And at least um at least with one of the reasons why more developers might be switching off of Steam is because I think Steam does not pay the developers as much for having them host the game. So Yeah, I think it's they only get like 30% or something. Yeah, which is crazy. Do you know uh, how I think, do you know I think Steam you, takes 30%. Sorry. Oh, I see. But that's still I in my opinion that's a lot of commission. It is. Yeah. I all I got to say is is that we we're, we're going to live in a world where there's a lot of launchers, there's a lot of streaming TV channels, there's a lot of everything. And it's going to be pretty crazy when 20 of these exist for everything. But I think at the end of the day, if the developer is happy with the with the pay and everything that they're getting, especially indie developers, whatever launcher they choose, whatever place they have their game hosted, I think that's what really matters. I see. Yeah. It's just going to suck. When there's gonna be fifty things, uh, fifty different apps to use now. <laughs> no, it's it's the same thing with the the streaming world. You know, like NBC is gonna have their own app soon. There's Netflix, there's Hulu, Disney Plus, and it's everything used to be on Netflix, and now everything's not on Netflix anymore. And you have to have fifty different streaming apps, which is the same thing as having fifty different channels on TV. So it's like we haven't progressed any further from you know, like traditional TV stuff. We're we uh, now like ads replace commercials and it's like, Oh wow. Like, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's come full circle and it, and it's, it's terrible. And you know, the, the games industry, the digital games industry is definitely moving that direction. Like, especially if you're an owner of not just PC games, but also console games, like you got to buy this game off of the Xbox store, off the PlayStation store, off the switch store, off of steam, off of Epic games launcher, off of all these different, you know, services, and you don't want to put your credit card on everything, right? So, like, th- that's the only way to do it, unfortunately. It's, yeah. It's, ugh. Yeah, it's just a horrible mess. The funny thing is there's going to be a point where buying all the individual channels isn't even worth it anymore, and getting cable is going to be the cheaper thing, and then it's going to come back full circle. Oh, man. Ugh. And that's going to be I, hilarious. I'm, I'm mind, still not... <laughs> I don't mind cable, actually. But yeah, I just yeah. think it's freaking funny how channels are going to charge so much per channel to the point that cable is going to be the cheaper option at some point down the timeline. <laughs> yeah, the, until that day, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's one of those things where I'm conflicted because for me as a consumer, it's annoying but as a believer in business and the free market and not monopolizing, uh, they ha- like I be- I do believe they have a right to do it. It's just it's it's just annoying for me. 
but no absolutely yeah you know yeah. as a creator you're like this is awesome but as a consumer you're like this is horrible yeah no so. i i i understand that yeah and that's all the gaming news i have for the week same here all right are you ready to talk about endgame oh man are we gonna do this <laughs> yeah yeah we are all right Let's do it. Okay. What's your opinion on Endgame? I loved it. I thought it was the best MCU movie ever. So, it's not my favorite. Winter Soldier and Iron Man still take my number one and my number two. Uh, when I say Iron Man, I mean Iron Man 1. Yeah, but, no, that that's the best one. Of, yeah. like the, I mean, it's the first one. Yes, but... I don't know where this ranks right now, but this is definitely in my top five, like hands yeah. down. Yeah, no, I I agree, and I I I want to clarify that I am not saying that this is my favorite Marvel movie, Marvel Cinematic Universe movie of all time. I'm saying that also this is in my top five, but I'm saying it's I I personally think that it's the best one, uh, like just thematically, story wise, musically, like just everything about it just gave a lot of closure to a lot of marvel fans opened up a bunch of questions and also um you know it it really had a lot of emotion to it which i thought was was really awesome yeah there i i, I view endgame in three acts the first act is the first 20 minutes which happens Wait, uh, are, we, are we gonna say spoilers oh yeah we're totally gonna say spoilers all right you can end the podcast right here if you don't want to hear it so yeah we're gonna talk about spoilers for endgame (laughs) bye bye see you later all right so just a a, what i like about the movie is it comes in three acts for our core six so the first act is in the 20 minutes the immediate response to oh shit half of the world disappeared and the second act is five years into the future and how it's impacted everyone and how they all went on separate paths. And then the third act is everyone just coming together to beat off Thanos's snap. Yeah. And yep. I, I like the way that the movie was laid out. Yeah, I I agree. I like the I like the beginning part where it's kind of like really dramatic and it's kind of like a slow burn and it kind of slowly reintroduces you to everyone that you've missed. Um, it brings up a lot of questions um, and then it takes you for a little ride. And then we enter the the quote unquote time heist part of it, which I thought was super awesome. That was my favorite part of the whole movie, which is where they go back into the different movies and they just yes. like recreated where they recreated everything. I thought it was so cool. They literally pulled a back to the future part two where they go back into. Are you, you sure know, it wasn't Die Hard? I'm pretty sure it wasn't Die Hard. All right. Well, I just wanted to clarify. <laughs> like, Paul, shout out to Paul Rudd, who whose comedic cues are so perfect in this movie. Okay. So you obviously you watch the movie if you if you're at this part. But if you didn't watch the movie and you're listening to this, first of all, why? Second, all right, I'm gonna just give you some advice right now. You have to watch the second Ant Man before you watch Mar- before you watch Endgame. The second Ant Man is surprisingly super relevant to the movie, and it was something that I was not expecting at all. 
Yeah, that was that was so great. In fact, I want to say that the last five minutes of Ant Man are pretty much the plot of the entire Endgame movie. <laughs> yeah. No. Absolutely. And, um, yeah. God bless Paul Rudd. I was very touched when he saw his daughter five years later, and then I just really enjoy Paul Rudd and uh, Scott Lang as as like an Avengers fangirl. Yeah, I know, right? I know. <laughs> he's like he's an Avenger, but he's also just a fan of the Avengers. I know exactly, exactly. I thought that <laughs> was like, so fun. It's like being on the Warriors, but also you're a fan of the Warriors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my God, Steph Curry! Wow. Hi. You know. <laughs> Oh, what? I have to go play too. That's right. <laughs> yeah. No, it's I, Paul Rudd is such a treasure. I love him so much. He he was he's a great Ant Man. He's just his comedic delivery and his comedic timing is also just so good. I know. Overall, you know, like although Endgame is an emotionally charged movie, he added a little bit of humor and and life to it. I think, and I thought that was awesome. Yeah, like Endgame was had a lot of gr- hilarious parts. For example, Thor losing control of his life and becoming an alcoholic. Is <laughs> Playing one Fortnite. Of my, <laughs> yep, is one of my favorites. But also, um, I with what you were saying about how this movie did a lot of callbacks to the different movies, I re- what I really like was they gave a nod to pretty much everything that's happened in the past 11, 10, 11 years. So it wasn't just like they jumped to one movie or they jumped to two movies. They jumped to a bunch of movies and referenced them. Yeah. Yeah, they went they went to like Thor 2, they went to Guardians of the Galaxy, they went to the first Avengers movie. They made references to like On Your Left. They made uh they showed Loki and they showed like some background stuff like right after the Avengers caught Loki in the first Avengers movie. Like there was a lot of stuff that they did. There was like there were like nice little details that they shoved in there that you know you they didn't need to, but it was all for like you know fan service, but also for the plot too, which I thought was fun. Oh, and as a fan, I was served very hard, so that was great. Yeah. Oh, everything about that movie was just fantastic. And it, when when we're finding the stones, um, before before Clint and Natasha's part, so two of my two of my favorite callbacks were one when freaking captain america is is one in the elevator with hydra yep and i was just like oh my god because i because that's what that one is my favorite marvel movie and then two when when um steve rogers is fighting himself and then and then he realizes how fucking cheesy captain america is and goes i know i know he's like i could do this all day he's like i know (laughs) (laughs) so funny because you know he's he's become such a different character over time like he's just like fuck like why am i like that you know like in in avengers (laughs) age of ultron you know he's like language but now he's like oh man i wasn't really that stupid yeah or just like (laughs) i hate myself i hate what i did (laughs) 10 years ago yeah exactly I know. Yeah. And then my other favorite callback is when they're all in the conference room and they're all trying to figure out the strategy to getting the stones and Thor is ex- is basically explaining the plot for the dark world and like no one gives a shit except for Ant-Man. 
Yeah. <laughs> and Ren's like, this is great. <laughs> I know. And Again, the fan. <laughs> I know. Man, that was so well done. Yeah. So good. So good. Definitely. Uh, oh, yeah. No, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh. Um, yeah. It was also obviously a very emotional movie. Uh, I mean, when I was going into the movie, I knew that someone was going to die. But I was still, at the end of it, I was still very shocked with how it all went down. Yeah. Um, I had a feeling that Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man character was going to die. I just didn't know how. Yeah, because I never read the comic before, so I didn't know how it was going to happen. Yeah, and also, uh, Steve Rogers also technically is not in the movies anymore because he's old and he's probably going to die. Yeah, and, they aged him. Yeah, and also their contracts were up. So that's also the reason why people are speculated that, that they were going to die or yeah. at least like depart, depart from the series as a whole. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so... It was cool. I mean, it was a cool. It was a nice send off for Captain America. Also, him passing the torch onto Falcon was interesting, and for Robert Downey Jr.'s death. Oh, that was beautiful. Oh my gosh, yeah. man! Sam being the next Captain America, oh, brought a lot of tears to my eyes <laughs> during that yeah. scene. It does. Yeah, it's so cool. I think it's a really good step for the franchise and for the series as a whole. But for me, I'm like, everyone knows Captain America is kind of like this super soldier badass. So I'm just wondering how. Sam's going to hold the mantle the same as Steve did because, you know, Steve had this, that super serum in him, but of course, you know, Sam's not going to do that. I mean, I don't, I don't know anything about the comics. So yeah. I, I, I like, I only know Sam as Falcon and what he could do as Falcon, mm-hmm. but having Sam as Captain America will be an interesting choice for the character, at least because yeah. like he, he doesn't have any special powers and uh, he, he's just like a dude with a, with a flight suit. You know, he's not, He's not a superhero. He just has a, a, a super suit. Yes. So we'll see where they go from here with that. Because I really like that Sam is Captain America now. It's so yes, awesome. Yes, me too. Um, The biggest plot twist for me was um, Black Widow and Natasha dying. Holy crap. Oh, I, yeah. Oh, man. That, that struck a chord with, I think, the specific... Th- audience that i went with was not no one was expecting that so there was just such an audible gasp when they realized one of clint and natasha had to die yeah that part where they were like trying to choose who did who did you know kill themselves that was kind of that was crazy i I thought that was a really cool scene but that was definitely one of my favorite scenes of the movie yeah, there was, oh man, I really thought that Clint was going to die, but then I was like, oh man, Natasha's going to die? Holy shit. When I, re- when I realized what had to happen, I had a feeling that Black Widow was going to die because Hawkeye has a family. And um, just because he has a wife and three kids. So at that point, I felt, all right, so... Black Widow, it never worked out with the Hulk. She doesn't have kids. Crap. I think she's actually she's actually going to die. It made me right. really sad, too, because Hawkeye and Black Widow were considered best friends in the movies. 
They are, yeah, absolutely. They are best friends. And yeah, oh, man, that that scene really got to me because the thing too is you knew for a fact that Natasha wasn't going to come back because that scene happened pre-snap. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, that that was a sad scene. Yeah, it was. Um, but you know, everyone's speculating like, oh, what's gonna happen to the with the Black Widow movie? And uh, it's a prequel, right? Yeah. Well, we're not sure yet. Everyone's speculating that it's a prequel. I'm pretty sure it's a prequel because it has to be a prequel. It's it's directed, produced, and I believe starring Scarlett Johansson. I think the news came out today that she is, not directed. Sorry. She's producing it and starring in it, not directing it. Oh, that's <laughs> that cool. Wrong. Yeah, I don't, uh, that, that's wrong. She's not directing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she's producing it and starring in it. I was like, okay, well, where does this take place then? Everyone's asking, like, where does it take place? So Good. we'll see. Good for her. Yeah. Honestly, it would be an insult if it hap- if if she was brought back to life, in my opinion. Especially oh, I, because I, the whole point yeah. of that scene, what, the whole point of Endgame was everyone was sacrificing something to save the world. So if they, like, reversed her death, I'd be like, why? Why would you do that? Yeah. I mean, well, the directors have come out and said, once you're dead, you're dead forever. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely another timeline where she's alive, but not in the, the main timeline of the whole movies. Not in Doctor Strange's timeline. <laughs> no. <laughs> That being yeah. said, moving on to Iron Man. Man, I will. That um, what a way to go out with a snap. Yeah, I mean, his last words were "I am Iron Man." I that was that so was. beautiful. I yeah. hope I want the record to show that I was just crying, like when I realized that Iron Man was going to be the one. <laughs> Who dies? Uh, I mean, like, yeah, the part where he looks at Doctor Strange and Doctor Strange gives him that one, and he Whoa. looked at him and he's like, yeah, he's like, I, he's like, I know what to do, I know what I have to do. Uh, I was like, uh, chills, uh, chills, literal chills. It all went, it all made sense in the end too, because obviously, what happens in Infinity Wars is, um, Doctor Strange tells Iron Man. I gave the stone because this is the timeline that works. And then in the somewhere in the I want to say like the mid battle of Endgame, Doctor Strange says, "I can't tell you what the final timeline is or else it's not going to happen." AKA, I can't tell you what's going to happen or else you would probably have avoided doing that. And then finally, that last stare where Tony Stark realizes that, oh, the final timeline is me sacrificing myself. Ugh. And then that one. Oh, that made me cry so much. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm right there with you. Oh, man. And it it's really crazy too because he got what he wanted too like he was said like you know he got a family he has his do- he has his daughter morgan cheeseburgers yep. and then 
it, at, at the same time, too, you got to uh, give it up to Pepper, Pepper Potts because it's like she also knew that there was something like bothering him because uh, obviously of because of the snap and half of the world was wiped out of existence. And right. Yeah, that was that was just man. I thought that Iron Man's send off was done very well. And they did it justice, 100%. Agreed, yeah. They couldn't have done it better. I think that was the perfect way to end Iron Man's like legacy in the MCU. Yeah. In my opinion, po- I don't think there was any better way that Endgame could have been done. <laughs> after, I, well, after watching the movie, I was like, this is a great ending. There's very few things that I feel like were wrapped up perfectly parks and rec is one of them and i think and and i think the avengers was also another yeah i agree uh my last comment is that there's a part where at the end over peppa potts is like holding tony and she's like tony it's okay you can rest now like morgan and i will be fine like that, that part was super emotional but then there's a part of me that was thinking like what if she said it's okay robert your contract's up it's fine. You can rest now. You don't have to work for Disney anymore. <laughs> like, there's a part of me that was, that was like, oh my god. If she said that, that'd be so fucking funny. But it would break the it would break the moment so badly if she said that. Oh my that. god, I know. <laughs> Your contract is over. It's fine. You're released from Disney. <laughs> you can go on and do other movies. You can do Sherlock Holmes 3 now. It's fine. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Oh, yeah. I love... Overall, I loved Endgame. I thought it was a super fantastic movie. It was probably one. Of, it was one of the best MCU movies. I mean, all all the movies are fantastic, but just this one was probably one of the better ones. Or it is one of the better ones, not probably. Honestly, I'm gonna buy the Avengers: Infinity War movie series on Blu-ray as a collector piece. <laughs> That's how good yeah, this no. movie was. <laughs> I'm thinking about that too. Like, I want to buy all Phase One, Two, and Three on Blu-ray. Yeah, that was beautiful. Ugh, man, the MCU is the defining franchise that everyone wants to be. You know, yes. they all want to be interconnected. Yeah. And and the MCU has had some rough spots where they replaced Terrence Howard with Don Cheadle and they replaced Edward Norton with Mark Ruffalo, you know, and they kind of just like cut out characters altogether like Natalie Portman and Liv Tyler. But, eh, you know... I mean, some people complain that this is all for the greater good of the whole series. But for me, it's just like, well, you know, that was during a time when Marvel was still trying to figure out the direction of the MCU. And that's okay. okay, You know, that's okay that these actors kind of didn't get forward to where they wanted to be or where they needed to be. Yes, definitely. Um, I wanted to point out that one of my favorite parts during the battle was when Thanos is holding on to Thor's hammer and then it starts floating and then it and then who's holding on to it now? It's fucking Captain America. <laughs> He's worthy and then Thor's like I knew it. <laughs> oh my god. Which is a callback to Avengers Age of Ultron where they're at the party and Captain almost lifts the hammer and then Thor's all worried and he's like, ah, no, it didn't happen. (laughs) Uh, I love America's ass. 
I he's know. so beautiful and he's so amazing. <laughs> and man's like, that's America's ass. <laughs> and then see Rogers after he beats himself, he's like, that is America's ass. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> oh. Um, my theater um was cheering hella hard during the um during the credits, the credit rolls. Oh really? Yeah, because you know how, um, you know how uh, the credits, um, before it before it went to the black screen credits, you know how it had that tribute to every single person who's ever participated in a Marvel movie in like right. the, the yeah. past ten years, and then it yeah. ends with the six core of the Avengers and their tribute with their actor signature. Yep, yep. When it reached that point, like everyone was cheering in the theater. Oh yeah, no, my theater as well. It was it was crazy. It was yeah. awesome. It was an awesome crazy. I wasn't expecting that. I cried again too, by the way, when the credits came on. Uh, Cuz when that happened, I was like, that is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. It's it was so cool. It was really well done. Yeah. <laughs> I felt that they wrapped it up very well for our Avengers heroes. Like I like I, uh, yeah yeah like when it comes to wrap ups, I feel like Marvel's done them very well. Uh, Logan, I thought was a great wrap up for Wolverine, and I thought Endgame was a great wrap up for the Avengers. Yeah, I I agree. It's just so good. Yeah. So. If you made it to the end of this podcast and you haven't seen the Avengers Endgame yet, what are you doing? Go watch it tomorrow or tonight or today. Yeah, if you Whenever haven't seen it Whenever you're listening yet. to this podcast. Exactly. What's what's wrong with you? Why haven't you seen it yet? Yeah, go see it. <laughs> but of course, if you have never seen a Marvel movie before, then what the hell's wrong with you? Go watch Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Jeremy, if the listeners have questions, where can they go? They can go to www.downtime.live, click on the word contact, fill out the contact form, or you can send this email at contact at downtime.live. Elisa, uh, where could they go if they want to talk to us directly? They can go to the Discord. If you go to downtime.live, we have a Discord link that you can click on and join the discord and we have a small community that you can join and if you want to ask us questions on the podcast or if you want to ask us just general opinions about games or entertainment or anything right on the spot we'll answer that for you and um yeah don't be afraid to join it and if you want to review us on apple podcast or itunes go ahead and do that as well we have enough review we have enough ratings now that um the ratings actually show so give us another shout out if you haven't yet yep yep all right now i want to end this podcast with a quote from endgame go ahead uh There's too many good quotes. Oh, are you looking online? <laughs> kind of. 
Ah, uh, just say yes. <laughs> oh man, there, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good. All right. So, thanks everyone. We love you three thousand. I am Iron Man. Good night. Good night. Cue the music. Thank you.